You are listening to the Life Church podcast. To learn more about Life Church, our gathering times at any of our central Indiana locations, or our life crew online, visit us at lifechurchin.com or follow the link in the description. Today's talk is from Pastor Derek Lopez. Morning. Good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing? Good? Good. Everybody awake? Yeah? Amen. Hey, we have obviously those life groups out in the lobby you can sign up for. I need relationships, you need relationships, and we need relationships because we got some issues we have to work out. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So just another little plug plug about life groups. And if you want to lead a life group, you can scan a QR code at the Welcome Center that will uh, take you to the link so you can sign sign up. I'm going to have a life group as well, and uh, so thankful for that. Most of them start September 10th. Some of them do start now if you're interested in freedom, the Freedom uh, Life Group that starts at this time. But hey, let's go ahead and let's pray and we'll enter into the service. Father God, we're so thankful for your word and for your truth. God, I pray, Lord God, that you would penetrate every heart with your truth. I pray that you would cover them, give them exactly what they need today. And Lord, I ask that you would fill me up, Holy Spirit, to overflowing so I can bless your people. Help me in this message in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, just as always, I'm going to give a story about my family, just because everyone, I've gotten a lot of great feedback about it, and I think that you'll enjoy this. So my three-year-old son, he's one of the twins, his name's Sam, he has gotten into a habit of not just calling me daddy, but he'll call me Daddy Derek. So I, I don't know how it started, but he says, Daddy Derek, this food is good. Daddy Derek, I want to go outside. Daddy Derek, I did this, I did that. And so uh, we're letting it happen. Uh, so if you hear him call me Daddy Derek, he doesn't have two dads, he has one. But, um, <laughs> but he, uh, so my wife was reading him this story, and in the story there's a little boy that looks like Sam. And, and in the story he has a daddy, and then he grows up and he becomes a daddy. And so Josie's reading it, and she says, look, Sam, that's you. He said, that's me, that's Sammy. And then they go through, look, Sammy, you're going to be a daddy. And Sammy goes, I'm going to be a daddy? I'm going to be a daddy Sammy? (laughs) So we thought that was cute. I asked him about it the next morning, and he said, yeah, I'm daddy Sammy, and you're daddy Derek. (laughs) So... We're going to let it happen while he's little, uh, as long as he's not 15 saying, Daddy Derek this, Daddy Derek that. And it's a bigger problem if he calls himself Daddy Sammy at that point, obviously. <laughs> so I thought you'd all enjoy that. And <laughs> Big problem. I don't know if he would live. I don't know if he'd make it to being a daddy at that point. But uh, I flipped that switch off. <laughs> anger switch. Um, but, but, you know, we all, we, we have a father in heaven who loves us and he's for us and we want his heart for, we want his desire for our life. We want to have his heart and we want to see people how he sees people. So today we'll be talking on the subject that's on his heart. I think that if Jesus physically came here and he spoke, he would speak about this and it's evangelism. It's something that's so important to him and so today won't be expository preaching. It will be topical, but it's going to be good. There's going to be lots of scripture, and, uh, and it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. And Jesus, it was very important to him. 
It's one of the things he talks about most often. But Luke 19.10 says this. It says, For the Son of Man came to seek. I should have told you all where we're going to go. I see you all reaching for your Bibles in panic. It's okay. Luke 19, verse 10 is where we'll be in our Bibles. It says this, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Him speaking of himself, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Son of Man referring to, hey, I'm the one the prophets prophesied about. I'm the Messiah. He came to seek and save the lost. And so if it's important to God, it's important to us, and we want his heart, we want, we want his calling in our life, and it's important that we share our faith because it's so important to him. That's why Jesus came. We think about Jesus as a baby at Christmas time. But why did he come? He came to die on the cross to pay for our sins, to become nothing so that we might become the righteousness of God. And he wants us to share our faith. We, we share our faith because, one, it's our calling in this life. It's our calling in this life. Matthew 3.13 says this in the message version. I love how it says this. Young people, if you wonder why you're here, you wonder what your calling is in this life, no matter what career path that you have, no matter what you do, this is it. It says Luke, or Luke or Matthew, Matthew 5, verse 13, it says, let me tell you why you're here. I couldn't phrase it in a better way. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste goodness, godliness? You've lost your useful, if, you, if you, you've lost your usefulness, you'll end up being in the garbage. Verse 14, it says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be salt and light, bringing out God's colors in this world. God is not a secret to be kept. We are going to be public with this, as public as a city on a hill. And he says, if I make you light bearers, don't, you, you don't think that I'm going to put you under a bucket, do you? And he says, no, I'm putting you on a lampstand. And now that you're on the hilltop on a light stand, shine, shine. Now that I've put you on the hilltop on a light stand, shine, uh, keep your house open, be generous with your lives by the way uh, opening up to others that you'll prompt people and open to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. So we want to be we want to be public. We're shining light. If if it's dark in here, and I turn a light on, I'm everyone's best friend. But if I'm outside and I turn a light on, it's not going to attract anybody. And so in this day and age, with all the darkness that's happening, everything that's happening, this is when the light shines the best. And so we want to do our best to make sure that we're public and we say, I follow Jesus. It's our calling in this life. It's important to God. It should be important to us. And on top of that, there's a belief that, hey, we shouldn't have to share our faith because if they're destined to hell, they're going to go to hell. If they're destined to heaven, they're going to end up going to heaven. Man, that couldn't be further from the truth. Yes, we are predestined, but we're predestined in him because he sees the picture of eternity. He knows what's going to happen. He's all-knowing. He's El Shaddai, the Almighty God, Scripture says. So because of that, he knows. That's why Scripture says predestined in him. But, but God didn't make robots. That's why sin's here on the earth is because God allowed free will. 
Because I don't want Josie to love me because she has to love me. I want her to love me and know me because she wants to know me. And my friends want to be my friends just because they know me, not because they have to. So God didn't make us robots to saying that someone will go to hell anyway. They're going to perish anyway. We don't have to tell them the good news. Someone told you about the good news. Someone told your family about the good news. And so 2 Peter 3, 9 says this, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some, some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He wants everyone to know. Remember John three sixteen, For God so loved the whole world. He loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Another reason that we share our faith is because people, they need the Lord. Man, I need God every day. <laughs> they need him. What happens if, if they don't have them? They're doomed for destruction. They're damned. They're going to go to hell. And so they need to know the goodness about our God. We don't want anyone to perish. We don't want anyone to go into fire and torment where the worm dies, dies not. We want, we want people to be in relationship with the one who loves us and is for us. We want them to experience the peace that we've experienced. We want them to be moved. John 3, 17 says this. It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in God's one and only son. Now, it's important to say this is the only way. Actually, it's interesting. I hate that Disney did this with the Mandalorian movie. But Paul didn't call Christianity Christianity. He called it the way. It's the way. There's not a way through. It's not through uh, Buddhism. It's not through, uh, through the, the Muslims believe. It's not through any other religion. But it's only through Jesus and Jesus alone. They need him. They need a relationship with him. Why? Because the Bible says that, that, that everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And look, if you're going to lead someone to, to Christ, you can look this up. It's called Romans Road. Just look that up. It's an easy path in Scripture. And you don't have to panic because the Bible is the ultimate authority. So Romans Road, this is, I, I like it a little bit different, but... But Romans Road, Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Hebrews 9.27, and that death is a physical death and spiritual death. Hebrews 9.27 says you're destined to die once and then face judgment. So reincarnation is garbage. Not true, right? So you can have conversations. I used to, um, I was weird but uh, I would go into Castleton Mall, and I would just do this. Castleton Square Mall, just go around and do it with a, another friend, and he's a weird guy too. Um, but we would go and do that, and you know what? People would come to know the Lord. But, but you, you, you give the bad news. You have to give the bad news, but it's called the gospel has a good news. It can't have good news without the bad news. The bad news is you're a filthy sinner. Doesn't sound good, right? Sounds awful. Hey, you're a liar. Have you ever lusted before? You adulterer. Have you ever thought about hating somebody? The scripture says that you, you might as well kill that person in your heart. And so you're a lying, thieving, adulterer. That doesn't sound good. 
But hey, what the good news is, is that Jesus came. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, whoever believes, confesses with their mouth, that believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord, they will be saved. But then when you do that, when you give that opportunity, here's a tip for you. Pray with them. So why? Because the Holy Spirit's the one who draws into the heart of the Father. I've tried it both ways. It works a lot better when I pray. Hey, let me just pray with you for a minute. And then pray with the individual. And, and then and when you pray, I pray, Lord, I pray you will bless this person in Jesus' name. I pray you will cover them, Lord. Lord, I pray you will pull them to the heart of the Father in Jesus' name. Amen. Just simple, quick prayer. can be really, really, really fast. And, and then you say, hey, do you want to accept Jesus? And usually it's, yeah, I do. I want to accept him. And so you, you give that opportunity. You give the truth. You tell them. The Bible says we want to be fitted with the shoes of peace, of readiness of the gospel in every situation that we're in. And so you can do that. That's, that's one way to share the good news about Jesus Christ. So we do it because people want the Lord also. I believe people really want the Lord. I have a friend that uh, I've known since high school, and, uh, and he, he, he says, yeah, I, I, I know, like, why, why? He's just like, why? Why do you believe it? And I'm like, because I just know it. And he said, well, I want to know that too. And so people want to know. I think some people deny it. I have another friend that he, he says, yeah, but I don't want to give my life to Jesus. I want to live my life my own way, so I'm just not going to do it. And that's, a, you know, that's what some people decide. That's not on us. That's on them. But I think people really want, they want unconditional love. They just don't know that the unconditional love is in Jesus Christ. And so we want to be bold people. The, the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. That's what we want to be. We want to be bold for Jesus. People want the Lord. John 10, verse 10 says, The thief comes to only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want life and life to the full? Once they know, I believe, I believe they really want the Lord. Another reason that we, we give the message of the gospel is because we once were lost. I was once lost. Look, and maybe, maybe you were like me. Maybe you grew up in a Christian home, and you had a leg up on some people, and no one necessarily shared the gospel with you. You, you grew up in the benefit of being a part of that, but someone shared it with somebody down the line in, your, in generations past. And so for me, I think it was 1952 or 53, my grandparents were saved at the Billy Graham crusade. And, you know, they prayed for people. They weren't praying for just them. They're praying for me, if they re even if they realized it or not. My father was saved in a, a Baptist church. Well, they gave him the message of the gospel. They were good enough to give that to my ancestors. How much more good should I be? Someone told us about it. We all were lost. We all were far from him. We were all sinners. Galatians 5, 22 Chapter 5 says that if we walk by the Spirit, we don't walk in the sin. We're not slaves to the law, and we don't live lives of drunkenness, anger, fits of rage, uh, sexual immorality, so on and so forth. But then verse 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. 
It's joy, it's peace, it's forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things, there is no such law. Why? Because we walk by the Spirit. And so imagine in your life if, if you radiated all those things, love, joy, peace, patience. Patience. If you radiated patience, it would touch. Just, just think about your marriage relationship, how much it's touched with just patience or with your kids. Then the outside world you add, how attractive that is to people because what attracts people isn't us individually, but it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's the change that's in our lives. Another translation puts it this way, that the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that it's joy that overflows, it's peace that subdues, it's patience that endures, kindness and action, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, strength and spirit. So something to think about, I want my life, think about this, if I could sum up the message in one phrase, this is it. I want my life to be so attractive to people who don't know God, but want to know God because they know me. That's what we want. I want my life to be so attractive to people who don't know God but then they want to know God because they know me. The Bible says that we are ambassadors for Christ Jesus. That can be heavy. Like, he put it on us. Like, we're, we are the witnesses. We can't be witnesses and, you know, be upset and angry. You know, we have that, um, we have that church van. It has the big Life Church logo, and I hate driving it. Because I'm not a good ambassador for Jesus in that. <laughs> not because of anything I, I mean, I do inside this, like, you know, one mistake. Like, they're not coming to life church, and they may not even a stupid Christian, you know? The Bible says that if we're over, or not the Bible, this is a study. There's a study that says that if we overflow with the fruits of the Holy Spirit, that if we live the Christian life and we're attractive to people, if we share the message of the gospel with them, they are 88% more likely to accept Christ than not. But the opposite is true as well. Is that if we, if we are, uh, if we are, we're liars and we're, we live life a different way and we're not following Christ, we follow him with our lips but not our actions and our hearts are far from him, then 88% more likely to never become a Christian. We're the deciding factor. You know, my, my kids and I, we lived in this neighborhood that we would walk, and our kids would just ride the bikes in random neighborhoods, and this one house a few homes down had uh, a big angel in, on the yard and had a scripture on the, on the door frame, and, and I wasn't there, but my wife told me that, yeah, as each kid did a circle and then just went back, just one circle, just one, one loop, and then went back on the driveway, that the lady came outside and she crossed her arms and did this. I wish I was there because I would have told her, you are a terrible ambassador for Jesus. You, you should take that angel down. You should take the scripture off because no one wants to know Jesus because you're so nasty. But I wasn't there. So what I did, which wasn't right, what I did was I turned my lights on bright, and then I, in the, early in the morning, I would, turn, I would go into her driveway and then back out so that it shined into her living room. 
I'm human. I need a life group. I need relationships. You need relationships too. Okay, don't judge me up here. I know it was wrong. Just got to fix it. I need, I need a friendship. Okay? But we want our lives to be attractive to people. We, we want to be known as people who are patient and gentle, Scripture says. That can be hard, especially being a man, right? Because there's some things I want to fight for and I'm willing to fight for. But we're also called to be gentle. Shrewd as snakes, but harmless as doves. There's a time to fight. There's a time to strike. And there's a time to be harmless as a dove. Amen, everybody? So we want, we want the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our life. So we you pray every day. Holy Spirit, I ask that you give me, fill me up to overflowing. Give me a fresh filling of you, Lord God. I need more of you and less of me. We want that. And there's some things that you and I that we need to recognize. There's some things that we need to do that will help us be good ambassadors for Christ Jesus. The first one is this, is recognize the moments God gives me. The Bible says this in Psalms 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. He's, remember, he's El Shaddai, the Almighty God. We need to recognize the moments that he gives us. I was thinking about, this is probably like eight years ago, I was thinking about this girl that I went to school with from kindergarten till senior year. She dated one of my distant cousins and a couple of my friends and had a lot of hurt. And I just was thinking about her. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, it just popped in my head, like, how is so-and-so? I wonder how they're doing. I wonder how they're this. And then the next day, I saw them at Walmart. So the Holy Spirit, he was dealing with me, and I still regret to this day, even though the Holy Spirit was like, hey, dummy, think about this person, how they're doing. I was in a hurry. I was busy. She said, hi, Derek, how are you? And I said, good, good to see you. And then I just left. Well, I wonder what the Lord would have done if I would have just taken that moment. And I still think about that missed opportunity. But there's some opportunities that you, you may miss, but it's not your fault necessarily. Maybe it's just like a split second that you have an opportunity. We need to jump on the split second opportunities. Chris Woods, who's in the sound booth, he, him and I uh, were, and Pastor Nathan, uh, were able to go to uh, the L.A. Dream Center because of the Indianapolis Dream Center. Pastor Mike Woods, who's over the Indianapolis Dream Center, had some of us pastors and leaders out. And, and uh, we're also going to give serve opportunities with the Indianapolis Dream Center. You can look it up at uh, indydreamcenter.org. Right? Is that right? No. DC-Indy.org. DC-Indy.org. But we'll have more information on it. We haven't spoken about it as a team yet, but we'll give you more info, serve opportunities that, we, that we'll, uh, we'll have available for you all to help. And they're going to help uh, single moms and give them training, give them life skills, take care of their kids. And that's the most important thing. They're going to give them the tools to get back on their feet so that they can go and live the rest of their life successfully and, and give them the truth about God's, God's word. So we're going we're gonna to do that. But anyways, we were there in L.A. It wasn't, we had some downtime, basically. And so Chris and I, I was like, hey, Chris, let's go to the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Mistake. That was awful. 
Like, you could feel the demonic oppression there. And, and like, to give you a picture, like, they had a pizza place called Sinful Pizza, a little taste of sin. They had uh, strip clubs on the street that were closed at the time, and then they had different things. But we walked past this horror house um, that was an escape room, okay? And, and as I'm walking, we're both walking, talking about how great this area is. And I, as we pass that house, I turn and I lock eyes with this woman who's standing at the, at the door of the haunted escape room. And her eyes are super, just so demonized. Her eyes are wide open, no blinking, has a joker smile on her face. We walk across the street, and I decide I should probably go talk to her. I turn around. She was gone. And as soon as I locked eyes with her, my spirit went, mm, just like. And so I, would, I wish that in that moment when I locked eyes that I would have just made the decision to beeline towards her and just tell her, do you want free? Do you want free? But I didn't have that opportunity. What I think happened is that the demon locked eyes with me because the eye is the gateway to the soul. And then she went out of there because I was going to go towards her. I was going to go after her. But you know what? If we do stuff like that, who cares if people think we're crazy? I don't know anyone in California anyway. <laughs> right? I want to be bold. Bold as a lion, the Bible says, the righteous are. She could have been free. I wish I missed that, that little moment, but it wasn't necessarily my fault because she also had a choice. Because Scripture says that, that the demoniac man, that he ran at Jesus' feet and he fell and he worshipped him. Not even demons can keep people away from knowing the Lord. So I beat myself up about it, but not too bad. But the steps, of the, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The next thing we want to do is we want to refocus on the manner in which we live. We want to refocus on the manner in which we live. So, like driving, do not take a bumper sticker from us if you're a terrible driver. I don't have a bumper sticker. Okay? Okay. We want to be good ambassadors. We want to focus on our manners. If you're screaming and yelling, if you have employees or you work with your coworkers and you're screaming and yelling with them, yelling at them and you talk about Jesus, they wouldn't want to know him, right? We need to treat people how we would like to be treated and follow that golden rule. We want to take a negative in a conversation and turn it around to a positive. I've heard it said that if someone says to you, I could never serve a God who could send someone to hell. This is what your response should be. You know, neither could I. That's why he sent his son. He didn't send his, he sent his son so that you wouldn't have to go to hell and perish. It's a great response. Take, take a negative and turn it into a positive. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, for God loved the world so much that he gave his only son that everyone who believes on him would not die but have eternal life. 1 Corinthians 9.22 says this, To the weak I became weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all means I might save some. Look, we want to be people of 
common ground. Sometimes I think too much we are people of a battleground. We need to be people of common ground. So maybe you're on Facebook typing some stuff that's not going to help. The Bible says it's wiser to keep your mouth shut. 1 Thessalonians 4 says that, that we should work with our hands, take care, be able to, that not dependent upon anybody else, that work hard with our hands to win the respect of outsiders. So I'm not saying that, that you're saying that the lifestyle is okay or it's right. No, not at all. What I'm saying is that we want to we find the 1% and work on that. It's the 101% principle. Like there's some people in Washington that I could think of by name that I probably wouldn't agree with anything on. But I could say, hey, you're human. I'm human. You're going to die. I'm going to die too. We, at least we have that in common. So let's talk about it. Where are you going when you die? Do you know you put them on the edge of the cliff? Hey, where do you know where you're going when you die? Just start a conversation with a stranger that way. See how it goes. It's fun. I had this one girl that um, I was talking with her um, about this, and and I said, "Would well, you have a personal relationship with Jesus?" And she said, "Well, my mom's a preacher." And I said, "Well, that's great." But what about you? She didn't. She said, I don't really know who Jesus is. So we talked through it. She gave her life to Jesus. Common ground, not, not a battleground. I don't, win, I don't win my people. My, I don't win people over by just arguing with them. We want to think about their perspective, not my perspective. Think, put yourself in their situation. Think about this, Jesus is asked, he, he's asked 187 questions, but he only answers 307. But on top of that, he only directly answers three. He asked, or he asked 307 questions of which of the questions that he has asked, he only answers three of them. He listens more. He listens more. He's good. Acts 17 says this in verse 22. It says, so Paul took his stand at this open place and that was Lynn. He laid it out for them. He said, I see it plain. I, it is plain to see that you Athens take your religion seriously. When I arrived here the other day, I was fascinated. So he's not saying I just straight up disagreed. He said, I was, I was fascinated. I was fascinated with all the shrines that I came across. He said, and then I found one that was inscribed to the God nobody knows. He meets them where they are. And he says, I'm here to introduce you to this God so that you may worship him intelligently and know who you're dealing with. He, meet, he met them where they were. Understanding people's perspective is not saying that you agree, but it's just saying that you understand. It's important that we just understand where people are coming from. Because at the end of the day, what it really is, people are just hurt. And they're looking for an answer in all the wrong places. And it's only in the hands of the great physician that they can be healed. We also want to think about patience. We don't want to be pressing. We want to be patient people. I have a friend who, <laughs> we have a, a, a good friendship, but 
I don't see him as often as I would like, but I was at Meyer Christmas shopping in November, and he came up. And we, this is the type of relationship we have. But he, he came up like an inch from me and would just follow me around the store till I noticed he was there. I was like, who is this weirdo behind me? Oh, it's Will. <laughs> and, you know, he hasn't come to know the Lord. He's asked me why I believe what I believe, and I've told him I just know. I just know that I know. And I'm just patient with him. The Lord's patient with me. I'm not going to full court press all the time. But I just want to show him the goodness of God the best I can. I might make mistakes. There's, there's things that we all do, but we don't want to be pressing people. 2 Timothy 3, 23 through 25 says, Do not get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. Facebook. I, I don't like social media personally, me personally. The Lord's servants must not quarrel, but be kind to everyone. They must be able to teach effectively and be patient with difficult people. That's hard. Be patient with difficult people. I don't want to be patient with difficult people. I want to let them know what's up. Right? Be patient with difficult people. And then it says this, and this, this is cutting, but it says, they should teach those who oppose the truth gently. Another way, they should gently teach those who oppose the truth. Gently teach. The Bible says, don't you know that the goodness of God is intended to lead you to repentance? We can stand in authority. We can stand. No, we're not going to accept that. No, we're not going to accept this crazy leftist thinking. We can do all that. But, hey, here's why I don't believe that can say it in a way that's not, it doesn't tear down. It doesn't burn bridges, but it builds bridges. We're here to build bridges. That's why Jesus gave the cross. Worship team, you can go ahead and come on up. So we want to we be people of unconditional love, not conditional love. Unconditional love, not conditional it's wrong to say, I'll only love those who agree with me. That's incorrect. We love everyone. I heard a pastor say one time, you know, you must hate this or you hate that. And he said, I'll hate anybody except the Steelers. <laughs> I thought it was funny it's the Steelers. But he said, I'll hate anybody. I choose to love everybody. Choose to love. Number three, relay the message of hope to a broken world. Look up Romans Road. Pray and try it. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. That can be hard. With gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. That can be hard to do that, to do it with gentleness and respect. 
not standing on a street corner, yelling out. I mean, they are going to hell if they don't know Jesus. It's true. But you're all going to hell. That, I mean, that's the, the, people need to know how much you care before, before you give them the information. They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's what we want. So church, I invite you this next week, the next two weeks, we're going to be speaking on uh, David and Bathsheba and what happened there, the murder, the betrayal, all of these things. It's going to be a little bit juicy in scripture. So it's a good time to invite friends and family. And what I will do, if you're uncomfortable sharing the message of the gospel, or if they have a hard heart towards you, invite them here to church. And I will do my best to present, to present to them the goodness of our God, to give them the bad news, but to give them the good news. So let's be people of evangelism. Invite others. We're going we're gonna to do the, our best. The Bible says, go into the, Jesus said, I want them to go into the highways and byways. What would we do if we stand before God? And we, we hadn't shared what he had done in our life. I wonder what the question will be, will be why? I know this, I know this man who was an ambassador to the country of Lithuania for the state of Indiana. And he worked with this other man for 10 years or more. And they ended up going separate ways. And Lloyd, he was a, he was a follower of Jesus. The other guy wasn't. And then 20 years later, this man came to Lloyd and said, I want to know, and he's crying, weeping, I want to know why. Why did you never tell me about Jesus? Why did you never tell me that I was destined for destruction in hell and death in the grave? Tell me why. And Lloyd said, my heart changed because I saw what I'd done to my friend, that I never shared the truth with him. I didn't care. And he said, now I tell everybody. The Bible said, Jesus said, go into all the world and share the gospel in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We have to be people who shares the gospel. People are not interested in church like they used to be. They need a personal touch. They're not just going to come just because they see the building and then they come, on, come to the street. COVID changed everything. They need a personal touch. We are his ambassadors and it's through you. So I'm asking you, on behalf of a son of the Most High God, not only your pastor, but as a son of God, go tell people. Bring them in. We don't want anyone to go to destruction, to death, and the grave. We want them to know everlasting life and experience the one who changed our life, not so that their lives could be changed alone, but that their kids and their grandkids and their great-grandkids would come to know the Lord. I'm just trying to do my best to inspire you all. Because it is realer than the chairs that you sit on, that there's death and destruction waiting on the other end. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us, share with a friend, and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. Our mission is simple. Come to life, connect to grow, find your purpose, make a difference. Thanks for listening to the Life Church Podcast.